we have reached the twilight hour or two hours of the day. And because of that, I decided to do a podcast. And when you decide to do a podcast, you're either all in or you are all out. You can't be one foot in the door because then you're only going to make it two minutes, ten minutes, whatever, into the podcast before your brain just gives up because your heart's not really in it. I've done it a dozen times at least. Sat down, got my water, got my ice pack, did a mic check, started talking, and anywhere up to ten minutes, and, and then it gives out. And of course that never gets released because that's that's not a podcast. That was me attempting to do a podcast. I don't know if you can relate any uh, content makers out there, but for me... I gotta be all in. And there's something about this time of day, the twilight hour, where it's not quite dark, but it's not light anymore. There's no distraction. It's an eerie time. It almost speaks to me, and I don't know if you can relate to this either, but when it's light out, there's distractions. There's cars going by and noises, and it's bright out, and you can see everything. Oh, there's a bird in the sky. It caught your eye. When it's dark out, it's equally as distracting because of the things you don't see. Ignore, like, headlights and obvious things, but in the dark, we are more prone to not being distracted by things we see, but the things we don't see, because we're, we're on the lookout for things. We're looking for animals, we're looking for people, we're keeping an eye out for ourselves. You sort of put up like a, like a wall. Whether you know it or not, or realize it or not, at night you definitely keep your head on a swivel, especially if you go for a walk and it's dark. You don't see a lot. It's, it's fucking dark. A streetlight illuminates things. I said illuminate, but I think I only got the l part, so it might have sounded like I mispronounced that like I'm a retard. But anyway, yeah. It's distracting, the darkness. And the lightness is distracting, too. The lighting of the world from the giant light bulb in the sky. But when it's that eerie almost dark time you can see silhouettes and you can see everything and it's almost like quiet and frozen in time if you don't have any sounds in your house and you turn off all the lights and it's twilight hour you look around and like everything looks like it's been sitting there for a hundred years it's crazy the couch the dishes that you haven't done the chair the piano the dresser it's, it's lit up just enough so that you can see it, and it's almost silhouette-like, but it's not really a shadow. It's just, it's there. It's creepy. And during this time, now that I've gone ad nauseum explaining what Twilight Hour is, um, during this time, I feel like that's when thoughts come to us most clearly, because there's no distraction, as I mentioned our brain goes into, like, autopilot, and you just start thinking of weird shit. And if you are like me, that is a comfortable place. Some people always have the lights on. Some people are weird, and they're like fucking bats, fruit bats. That's the gay ones. I think they're just bats. <laughs> and they have to have it dark all the time. Me, I, I, I wish we could live more in this twilight time, because it's just a cool time. It's quiet, it's relaxing, it's peaceful. It's almost like you're in another realm. And then when it actually gets dark, you snap out of it. You're like, oh, okay, better have the lights on now. Otherwise, it's just I'm that creepy guy walking around in the house with no lights on as the neighbors drive by and go, wow, what's going on in there? <laughs> Yeesh. Well, 
before I carry on, I want to give a shout out to Shannon. He hooked me up with a new mic setup. I was unaware of a uh, humming sound in the background because when I listen to parts of mine to make sure that the sound is good, I don't have on headphones. I just play it through the fucking speakers, you know? So I, I didn't catch any of that. Hopefully it hasn't been too distracting. But anyway, he got me a new mic and a you know an adapter and setup and whatnot. High quality. I don't know if you can tell the sound difference. You probably can. Right? You get what you pay for. And it was a nice one. And uh, he said Merry Christmas. And so, thanks. If I was a girl, I'd suck your dick. But we're buddies. We're bros. So I'm just going to say thank you. Shout out to him. I will remember this for when I'm a billionaire and I'm trying to decide who I want to buy a yacht for. Um, just the other day, as Taylor came out of her room, I was listening to some video, some psychology video, like the top five most common uh, mental disorders or something. I constantly am listening to and watching videos such as that video. And I don't know. I don't do it to, to put on a front or pretend like I'm a you know, in our intellectual, I, I just, it interests me. It fascinates me. And I feel like of all the things that you can know, as I've mentioned before, that is the most important thing, the most beneficial thing. Uh, what makes people tick, what it means when they have this posture or they use this terminology, when they don't make eye contact, when the tone of their voice is monotone, um, when they have that thousand-yard stare in their eye and it looks like they're contemplating stabbing you. There's just... There's a lot to it. It's, it's fascinating. Well, I was listening to this video and I, I, I know a lot. I'm a jack of all trades, but I'm a master of nothing. I've made it my business to be good at many things and the sacrifice there is you disallow yourself to be great at certain things. Instead of becoming an expert with a bow and arrow or an expert at, you know, insert here. I just take a small amount, <coughs> excuse me, of knowledge from the world in various aspects because maybe I'm bored. I don't know. Maybe it just, it interests me. And maybe if you hang out with some boring cunt who only knows one or two things, yeah, this here motor's a 1973 fucking... Like, how long are you going to be able to talk with that guy? Versus, how long can you hold a conversation with somebody who knows a fair amount about conspiracies, uh, likes music, various music, uh, movies, uh, different hobbies, podcasting? You're, you never run out of stuff to talk about. So maybe it's just my attempt at not being a boring cunt. I don't know. Anywho, she comes out and she says, doing some therapy, huh? And because of the psychology terms that were being used, uh, this is when a person is depressed and this is how they might feel. Just, you know, you can imagine it even if you've never listened to it. She thought that I was, like, depressed or something and I was just listening to, like, a therapist. <laughs> That's absolutely not what it was. Although, I appreciate her concern. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. No, I'm just that nerdy. I just am. Um, religion? Psychology? Uh... Languages. I love the English language. It's super nerdy, but I, I wish we would bring back the old English. Like, I have arrived, madam. What doth thee declare? You know, just shit like that. St stuff you'd find, like, back in the medieval times. 
like Game of Thrones or even before that, like even though they weren't real people, uh, Romeo and Juliet, the vernacular, the way that people spoke back then, it was proper. There was little to no slang. It was just the right way to speak. And it sounds so foreign to us now because we, we say like, I'm feeling lit, fam. Hopefully the squad be rolling up and shit and we going to be on fleek. And it's like people are, are legit dullard, dumbass motherfuckers these days. And they've almost invented a new retard language. That's not my thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a hater, but I just think that's super douchey. And I think it's, although nerdy, super cool to be, you know, fluent in at least your fucking, the language that you speak. There was an episode of King of the Hill when Bobby came home one time and he had an F in English and Hank, his father said, Bobby, an F in English? You speak English. What the fuck? And I'm also a big fan of, I would love to know like Chinese or Mandarin or something, but that's definitely above my ability. And I'm not just undershooting myself. I I think if you ever just listen to one sentence in Mandarin, you're going to be intimidated like I am. I don't know. Um, I know a lot of Spanish, but there's some Dunning-Kruger going on because I say that, and then when a Latino or Mexican or Cuban or Spanish person speaks, I'm like, wait, 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 slow down to about a quarter speed of that and enunciate because they speak it so fluently they don't even say the words properly anymore. They they kind of develop their own dialect and geographically you'll see different versions of Spanish. And when we learned Spanish in high school, we had a white lady named Bethany who was our teacher and she enunciated everything like a nerdy white person. She was like, silla, silla, mesa, pecho. You know, she tried to put a little bit of like brown into it, but it was white as shit. And so when actual brown people speak Spanish, my brain is like, what? <laughs> and then I realize, oh, I don't speak half as much Spanish as I thought I did. Maybe technically, yes, but then when I say something to them, I sound so goddamn white that it must be offensive. I'm like, te saco la caca, con mi pinche leño. And they're like, Jesus Christ, please stop. Just don't. Just don't. Thank you for trying, but that's offensive. I don't sound Mexican at all. Kind of like when I try to sound black. I, in my head, sound black, but people tell me that I sound like a white guy who is nerdy and trying to sound black. I've tried it. I'm like, yo, baby, what's up? I'm going to give you this big old floppy dick. And they're like, that's not what black guys sound like. You're just retarded and think that. And I'm like, well, thank you for being honest. I always thought that that sounded pretty black. If I walked up to a girl and I was like, yo, baby, you want this big old floppy? That she would be like, oh, shit. And she'd get all hot and bothered because white girls love, you know, we won't get into that. But I was wrong. Um, and that's what I spend my time doing. I, I fucking listen to psychology lectures and philosophy lectures, and there's a cool video called The Philosophy of Pessimism with Rust Cole. It's a bunch of clips from a show called True Detective. I had a couple people watch it slash listen to it recently, and they were like, wow, that's interesting. He talks about how he's a realist, but because of the things that he believes, he doesn't sugarcoat anything that is misconstrued and viewed as pessimism, which... I can relate. People think that I talk about doom and gloom and uh, the world is a terrible place and all this, 
but I'm just stating the facts. I'll give you literal statistics and then be told, oh, you're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a misogynist, you're a bigot, you're a, you know, pessimist. And I'm like, no, believe it or not, that's just how it is. That's just reality. As somebody who used to podcast under a different banner used to say. And I think what it is, is people are so used to and so accustomed to the mind-numbing information flow into their minds. That is their idea of brain stimulation. She came out and she goes, wow, this is some boring shit, doing some therapy, huh? And uh, I won't, you know, I'm not going to make fun of her. I'm not going to throw shade, as the youngins would say. But here's a list of the things that she watches and listens to. Uh, The Bachelor, Love Island, Rock of Love, A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila, Jersey Shore. Are you seeing a pattern here yet? Uh, The funniest one is The Bachelor, because girls claim to hate men who are players and date multiple women at once. But they love The Bachelor. They celebrate it. They're like, oh, which girl you think he's going to pick tonight? I don't even know what accent that was. I I tried to be a black woman, but it sounded like just a fucking douchey bitch. Yeah, and I have made fun of her to her face before, because when I say something, I mean it, and I don't say it unless I mean it. That's why I don't apologize for things I say. (laughs) I don't take it back because I meant what the fuck I said. And we've had little spouts about it, because I'm like, ugh, such a dumb fucking show. The Bachelor, a show about men, or a man dating multiple women at once, watched by women who hate men who date multiple women at once. Double standard? Hypocrite? You hypocrite. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. You hypocrite. And she's like, "Mm, fucking, I didn't ask you. Nobody asked you for your opinion. I'm like, well, uh, no, but I am entitled to at least that much. I'm not bitching about it. But if you're going to tease me or make fun of me for being a nerd and listening to philosophy and the allegory of the cave and uh, anything, any kind of religious fucking lecture or speech or ancient civilizations, all this stuff that to me is fascinating. She she actually does. And I adore her. Even post-relationship, I adore her and I have nothing bad to say about her. But she has attempted to roast me tons of times for the stuff that I choose to listen to and watch. But it's funny, the moment I, like, raise an eyebrow, like, The Bachelor again, huh? She's like, nobody fucking asked you. Shut the fuck up. Quit. Mind your business. You know, she gets that way. She gets defensive. And the psychologist in me, if there was one, is asking, why does she get defensive? Well, she must be secretly, silently admitting that that shit's gay as fuck and mind-numbing and turns people into a sheep. What they do is they show just quick clips full of drama, full of excitement. There's never a moment where you can, like, get up to go get a drink because if you come back a minute later, you've already missed a big part of the show. They do that because they realize people have the average attention span of a goldfish and they need to keep the attention of the sheeple before they change the channel. And... Uh, it definitely has had a noticeable effect on young people. It definitely has. It's not just in the form of TV shows. It's social media. And I cannot get over 
how much time I fucking wasted on social media. And I haven't been actively a part of it in really years because for the longest time, even when I was trying to be, I was banned for 30 days at a time and couldn't partake in Facebook because, you know, having opinions is wrong unless they agree with you. But have you ever hung out with a group of young people? They can't look up from their phones for more than three seconds at a time. They can't. They fucking can't. They have to keep scrolling and refreshing and checking. Why? I don't know. Maybe they're addicted to that tiny amount of dopamine, that little drip that they get each time they refresh the newsfeed and see something different. Someone went somewhere. That, like, God knows why they care, but someone went somewhere. Someone got something to eat, and they took a picture of it. Here's a picture of my kid. They lost their first tooth. He or she lost her, his or her first tooth. Don't use the wrong pronoun. Don't say one person and refer to them as they because they is multiple people. I just did that, but I caught myself. Don't do it. <coughs> That's bad. You sound retarded. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe they've become so accustomed to a constant flow of information stimulation that they don't know how to function without it. People have literally been hit by cars from walking onto the street and not looking up. They can't fucking stop looking at their phone. There are YouTube videos of it. Check it out. I don't know about you, but when I sit and scroll through Facebook for any meaningful, any significant amount of time, I can just feel myself losing brain cells. I literally feel dumber. The same way that I feel when I do some drugs. The night after, you're just never the same again. You lost a little bit of your brain cells. Like a noticeable amount. You can still wipe your own ass and talk and converse and problem solve and critical think, but not quite to the level. Like, you, you did some brain damage. It happens. And... Don't try to tell me that that isn't the case. Look at Ozzy Osbourne. The dude has done enough drugs that if he were to have put all of that money into something else, he could have funded a small country for like two years. That's a fact. Electricity, water, power, food. It's a fact. And look at him. Dude is so fried and gone. There's just nothing there. Shan! Like, I had a dream about him last night, actually, because I was listening to the new song of his before bed and in my dream he kept shitting his pants and I I don't know how to interpret that I'm not going to claim to be a dream interpreter but he was just helpless <laughs> poor fella right I notice it because occasionally like once a month once every two months I'll just pop back onto Facebook quick to grab some pictures or to check some memes or just to see what else is you know what's new I'm bored and within like ten minutes I turn into a literal caveman I'm like haha this meme, so true. Relatable, der. And then I, I start to catch myself and be like, wait, wait, it's a trap. Don't spend more than 30 seconds on Facebook because that's, that's what turns you into a sheep. Ha, meme is true. Me no care about you kids. Keep scroll. She slut, he douche, next. And then all of a sudden, you've spent 40 minutes just scrolling. And when you go far enough down the news feed to where nothing interests you anymore... You don't stop looking at Facebook. You refresh the newsfeed. Something must have happened in the last 40 minutes. And then new stuff pops in because you have so many people on there that there's constant updates. There's this constant flow. That is a trap. That is 100% a mental trap. And you see people who can't... When they do get bored of Facebook and they've gone through it enough times, then they go to Instagram, then they go to Snapchat, then they go back to Love Island and The Bachelor and all these sheeple things that do anything but make you look around you. Like, lift your fucking head up. Life is going on around you, and 
People can't do it, man. They can't get off their phones. It's an addiction for sure. For sure, 100%. My buddy refers to this world that we live in as clown world. I don't know if you've ever heard that expression, but I hadn't. My old buddy from high school, uh, he graduated a year ahead of me. He's a cool guy, smart guy, quality dude. Uh, We were like acquaintances in high school. We weren't friends because we didn't have a whole lot in common. But he messaged me like last year sometime. And he's like, you know, just based on your posts and the things you say, like, I've realized we we think a lot alike. We are a lot alike and I... I think you're a solid dude and fuck all these people that bitch about you. They're just a bunch of pussies. And and it sounds like me talking, but that was him. Credit where it is due, because that's exactly how I think. I think the trash takes itself out as soon as somebody unfriends you or removes you or cuts you out of their life just because you had an opinion differing to theirs. <laughs> Dissenting opinion? Fuck that. You're gone. Oh, you like Trump? Bye. It's You know what that creates when you do that? You remove everybody who thinks in a different way than you or has different opinions than do, that creates what's called an echo chamber. If you only surround yourself with people who think and speak like you, you end up in an echo chamber and you are extremely limited in the way that you think. I have not unfriended, removed, blocked, or anything, anybody who has ever thought something different than me. With one exception, if you think that you're going to be able to talk to me a certain way, then you gots to go. Like my cousin, who I've had blocked for, I don't know, fucking uh, six years or something, seven years. Time flies, like all of a sudden, just because we're family doesn't mean we stay in touch. I, she was telling me that I'm a loser, my dad's a loser, my uncle's a loser, my aunt's a loser. She just went off on me. And I blocked her that night, and I never unblocked her. Because I, I don't need that shit. See ya! Like, yeah, I was okay with you liking Obama or not, or liking Trump or not, but I'm not okay with you just, like, attacking my family like that. I thought you were my family. What's up with that? Well, anyway, my buddy, he send, had been for a while, he stopped recently, but had been for a while, sending me different examples of, and clips and, and shows and videos of, of why he refers to this as clown world. Clown world perspective, I call it. Basically, the lack of critical thinking. Basically thinking there are a million genders and you can be whatever you identify as and everything you say is sexist and racist and misogynistic and xenophobic and homophobic. That's clown world. And it's only getting worse. It's only getting worse to the point where the division is more palpable and noticeable than ever. Not just black and white and Mexican and Indian and Chinese. Men, women, sports fans getting into fights over other people liking another team and talking shit. The tribalism is staggering. It is it is getting worse all the time. It's almost like it's turning into a free-for-all video game. And as soon as you leave the house, you better be ready to potentially defend yourself, even if just verbally. Like, I, w- I was at the bar playing pool, like, I don't know, a year or two ago, And there were people having an... They were sitting at the same table, so I'm assuming they were together. And they didn't just, like, sit down next to each other as complete strangers. But they were arguing about politics and fucking Trump's this and that. And I was like, Jesus Christ, people, just sit and have a beer. Chill. We're hairless monkeys. 
we shouldn't be taking life this seriously. Clown world perspective. You know, check out George Carlin. People say that he was a comedian, but he wasn't. He was a stand-up philosopher. He doesn't say funny things. He doesn't make you go, ha, ha, ha. That, there's very little of that. What it is, is him pointing out flaws in this retard world we live in, this fucked up world, and people laughing because they know it's true. Kind of like how Taylor got defensive when I made fun of her stupid shows. She got defensive because she knows it's true. If you love something and you're in awe of it and you are inspired by it and someone makes fun of it, you don't get defensive because you know that it's fucking awesome. You don't care if they like it. But when you know something is bullshit and somebody calls you out on it, that's when people get defensive. When you make a post on Facebook, not about anyone in particular, you don't have to mention any names, you can just pick a demographic. Like single moms, uh, deadbeat dads, uh, racist people, any demographic, it does not matter. Make a post about them, and who gets defensive? Only the people that it applies to. I made a post back in the day about sluts begging for, like, free birth control. And I was like, fucking sluts, close your fucking legs. Try that once. Try it. It's a miracle. When you don't have dudes coming in your vagina all the time, statistically, you will have less children to care about, to worry about, to take care of. It's a fact. Go on, try it. Don't take my word for it. It was something along those lines. I don't remember verbatim. That's paraphrasing. And one girl that I graduated with named Sherry commented... You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I had a child at a young age and was unable to financially be there for the child and yada yada. She was like, and I was like, geez, struck a nerve, huh? Didn't mention any names. <laughs> she read this and she, she felt personally attacked. The quickest way to show somebody that you are triggered by something they said is to go after them after they say something about you. And it's like, cha-ching, got ya. You know, if I make a post shitting on pedophiles, and then some guy pipes up and goes, you know, there's nothing wrong with fucking kids, you fucking douche. Like, leave people alone. Let them live the way they want to live. I'm going to be like, uh-oh. All right. Well, uh, we're going to have what's-his-name come in here and sit down and go, no, nah, no, nah, take a seat. <laughs> what are you doing here? We're going to have that guy. What the fuck is his name? Chris Hansen? Yeah, we're going to have Chris Hansen have a look at that guy because that's not right. Right, cool. Clown world perspective. But to me, the entire fucking world is a clown world. It's just reason and logic and facts don't fucking matter anymore. And I have caught myself waking up every morning for like literally, and I say morning, but my sleep schedule is fucked. Anytime I fall asleep, it takes me forever to fall asleep. And it's not like I have thoughts racing. I do constantly have my mind on like overanalyzing overdrive mode. But I can't sleep because I have insomnia. My heart races and it's really annoying. Fucking feel like I'm dying every night I try to fall asleep. It's weird. Gets old. Makes me tired emotionally. Well, anyway, when I wake up, the first thing I think of is all the things that are wrong with my life in particular. And there are no shortage of those. There is no shortage of, of those things. I think when things are good, you don't sit there and dwell on it. You don't ruminate on good things. But when things are bad, your brain is like a processor and you have to analyze things and continually put them through the processor and deduce and figure out why, most importantly why, but then how and, and when. And that's, that's what I've been going through. It's so strange. Even today, 
Like my eyes opened, boom. The first thing I thought about was, why is my family not close? It bothers me. It bothers me that I haven't heard from my mom, my stepdad, my sisters, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins in so long. That used to be like a thing that I enjoyed was that you'd hear from them once in a while. And when they didn't reach out, you would. And when you didn't reach out, they would. That used to be like a thing. It bothers me. Because when I look at the way that my life is heading, and not just me, people in general, our lives, the way that our lives are heading, when you look at the facts, how long has it been since you've heard from your grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt, brother, sister, and then you go, oh shit, this tunnel is narrowing. This does not look like it's going to end well. I see myself being 60 and not hearing from fucking anybody because I'm definitely not ever, ever trying again to have a wife or a relationship or kids or anything like that. That's a shit show. That's a waste of time. So I guess I better start adding to my fucking circle of friends because otherwise I'm going to be 60 years old. God forbid. And just there'll be no one around. And it's not because I can't make friends. I'm definitely charismatic and intelligent and interesting and funny enough that people want to be around me. Undeniable. But it takes more, I think, I don't know, I think it takes more than just a circle of friends to keep your, you know, your social happiness or contentment up to par based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And you know that because a hug feels good. Even if it's not from your friend, if it's from your family member or a girlfriend or whatever, that kind of uh, companionship is, I think, is also necessary. And I don't see that happening in my life. My family isn't magically going to wake up one day and all start talking to each other. My sister isn't going to call my aunt, who she hasn't heard from in years, and go, Auntie, how you been? Like, we're all, we're fucked as far as a family. I know I've mentioned it briefly before, but it's not going to get any better. And that's as far as family goes. I have friends. I never had a problem having friends. I'm good at that. But apparently not good at relationships. 0 for 4. I go to sleep every night alone. I wake up every night or morning alone. There's no girl there. And I don't know who's to blame. I don't know if females are just cunts in general and it would never work. Or I don't know if some people just are incompatible and aren't meant to be in a relationship. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe the fact that I'm a dude and I'm heterosexual, yet women are unable to, I don't know, keep my interest or not try my patience. I don't know. I I feel like it's, at this rate, going to be a very lonely existence. Friends are, are great. You appreciate them. You are there for them when they need someone to talk to. They're the same for you. But if you just have friends and you don't have any romance or any family to speak of, doesn't that seem kind of dark? I don't know. To me, it it just seems like if you don't have anyone to go home to, you can go hang out with your friends, but you're not taking them home with you to lay in your bed with you because that would be gay and creepy and weird. Only weirdos want that. Hey, if you have a friend who secretly wants to like hold you and spoon you, you got to ditch that person. <laughs> There's going to be some problems down the road. Hmm. Have you ever thought about that? About what if I don't have a family and kids and a wife? What's my life going to be like? Am I going to be in the nursing home having no visitors coming because I don't have family? I don't have a wife. 
Oof, just creepy. And I'm a lone wolf. I prefer to be alone. I do well without leaning on others. I don't need people to, you know, be there for me. I, I because of my upbringing, I learned to make friends with myself, with uh, that feeling of, man, it's kind of lonely. I learned to adapt. I don't know if you've ever seen the Batman movie with Bane. But he talks like this. You merely adopted the darkness. I was born in it, molded by it. By the time I saw the light, I was already a man. I don't know if I got that verbatim, but it is so relevant. And that's what I told my friend Jordan the other day. I was talking with him, and I said, when people come out of nowhere and they go, oh, sigh, I'm feeling depressed today. I, I just shake my head and I go, well, one, that's unfortunate, but two, you have no idea what depression is. If that's the extent, and I'm not downplaying it, any level of it sucks. Any level of stubbing your toe sucks, whether you just lightly graze it and it just kind of like tears the skin up a little bit, or if you full on jam your fucking toe like we used to do when we were kids, but for some reason that stopped happening. You used to like jam your finger or jam your toe. And then you thought, oh, it's never going to be right again. They're, like, it, it sucks no matter what, right? Depression. But when people who you know don't have it and they just, they're like, I'm feeling sad today. Uh, no, that's that's just emotions. <laughs> I told Jordan, like, they have no fucking idea what the darkness is. They might get a little taste of it. They might, like, walk into the room and it's dark, so to speak. But it doesn't take long for the light to come on. <laughs> it's a weird way of looking at it. It's a probably a terrible analogy hopefully it illustrates it paints the picture well enough but they have no idea this life is a crazy thing and I see it more clearly now than ever even though I'm more nihilistic and less enthused about the whole thing than ever this this journey I see it more clearly than ever because I've been off the grid for a long time and being off the grid as long as I have ha have been has had an immense change of my view of the world. You know, like I said before, and I'm sure you've heard it, if you are standing too close to the edge of the trees, you can't see the forest. It's even worse if you're in the forest, because you can't see anything at all. It just looks the same. You can't tell north, south, east, west. You look up and you see the, you know, the, hopefully some of the blue sky, but you don't see much. For over two years, I've been on the outside looking in. I'm not in the rat race. I'm observing it. The forest is such a fucking shit show. It's <laughs> it's a mess. Social media, the dating world, constant beef, constant disagreements, uh, different philosophies and ideologies clashing. It's just a giant shit show. It's a literal jungle. It's a technological jungle. The hubris of humans, people thinking they're special or unique, or that we care about what the fuck they're up to on a daily basis, which is another thing. Social media, just, I don't know, I don't know if it was last night or today, because it was like around midnight, but whatever. Irrelevant. I digress. People post pictures of what the fuck they're eating. Some motherfucker posted a picture of her scrambled eggs. She took the time to make eggs, cool. But she didn't just eat them. The most basic shit you can do. Make some fucking eggs and eat them. She took a picture. She grabbed her phone and she was like, ha, people gotta see this. 
They got to know. Like, she thought she was so special and unique and that people gave a fuck what she was eating that she took a picture of her eggs. It'd be different if you're eating some shit from another country that you've never heard of and you're like, whoa, check out this food that people in other parts of the world eat. It looks like octopus dick. Like, that one thing, you know? that That's different. She took a picture of her eggs and she was like, mmm, yummy scrambled eggs. You know what? And a six-year-old can make scrambled eggs. Maybe not very good, maybe not super edible, but they can make them. You're not impressing anybody. I don't know why anyone cares or that you would even think that anyone cares about your stupid fucking eggs or your stupid kid and their lost tooth. Like, we don't care about that stuff. Show us funny memes, give us information, make us more wise, more intelligent, and beyond that, we don't give a fuck. And I say we because I'm speaking for people who are quote-unquote woke. The sheep would be like, oh my god, those eggs are so good-looking. I would eat those eggs. Now I'm going to get back to watching The Bachelor. That's very sheeple. But if you are at all in tune with nature or your feelings or the world or anything, if you take your fucking head and lift it up with your neck, go on, try it. It's possible. You can look away from your phone and observe your pets, observe other people. Uh, just fill your brain with knowledge. Anyway, I also went on a little tangent there. Well, anyway, I've being off the grid, yeah, yeah. No phone, no car, no job. I've essentially felt like dead, like purgatory, like a ghost, for lack of a better term. I'm like, I've just been existing in the same place for over two years. And I don't mean the same place as in the same state or the same town, but specifically the same house for over two years, rarely leaving. And again, I'm okay with that, I guess, you know, I'd rather it not be this way, but I improvise, adapt, overcome. You got to be tougher than your surroundings because life is hard. It's a constant emotional balancing act and, you know, zig and zag and I get it, right? But I've just been doing that for two years. And I have just been silently observing the world. The social media world here and there, which again is a shit show, a joke. It's laughable that literal adults are posting pictures of their food and asking questions to people that they could have just Googled because it would be faster. And just all sorts of things that we don't give a fuck about. <laughs> and, I, and I guess I used to be the same way. I used to believe people gave a fuck about my opinions and my thoughts and my food and my scrambled eggs. And then when I realized they don't, because I don't, that's how I f feel. So I assume they don't. Maybe some deflection. I don't know. Maybe people really do care about what you're eating and if the tooth fairy is coming for your kid's tooth tonight or, you know. Yeah, my daughter is learning to play the trumpet. Cool. Don't care. I will never get the four seconds of my life back that I spent reading your status that your daughter is learning to play the trumpet. And so I know that sounds kind of harsh and like dickheadish and bullheaded and like stubborn, but I am. I'm stubborn. I'm a 90-year-old man in a 30-year-old man's body, and if it doesn't make me laugh or make me think or make me bust a nut, thanks Pornhub, then I don't give a fuck about it. Like, if you're a pretty girl, that's irrelevant to me. Your hotness does nothing for me. It doesn't help me. So why do I care that you're hot? Uh, okay, your food. It's not feeding me. I can't eat it. It's not in front of me. I can't smell it. 
So why do I care about your fucking food? Do you see where I'm going with this? It's sort of like I was telling Valerie in that talk that I had with her. Because she said, like, she deals with so many toxic people and constantly. And I said, well, every time somebody crosses what you consider to be a line and you are fully within your rights to determine where that line is. Then fucking block them, delete them, get rid of them. Only allow cool people into your life. And so what if only one out of every hundred or one out of every thousand people are cool or kind or funny or have some sort of quality that would make you want them in your life? So what? Just keep blocking them. Okay, that guy's a douchebag. See ya. Okay, that guy only wants to fuck me and that's the only reason why he's being nice. See ya. That guy just called me a cunt. See ya. And I told her... Eventually, if you continually get rid of all the weeds, you will end up with only a garden, only flowers, only grass, whatever metaphor analogy you want. And she said, I've never thought about it like that. I said, yes, there are 8 billion people in this world. You should tolerate nothing less than people who are at least adept at being good people. You don't have to be a master of it. But just who can carry on a conversation, who isn't a dick to me? Like if you only allow cool people in your life, eventually your life will get better. Because a large part of our happiness or our contentment, whichever, you know, fits the narrative for you. For me, it's being content because I don't expect happiness. I'm not bold enough to expect happiness. I know that wasn't meant for me. Eventually, you end up with just a cool circle. And I would advise you keep the circle small because in big numbers, even people who are like-minded eventually find a way to have problems with each other and then all of a sudden the circle breaks apart and you end up with just two people (laughs) sometimes circles get a little bit too big for the britches and in the same way i'm only wanting information that is beneficial to me i'm only i'm getting more picky about what i'm willing to spend my time on if i catch myself feeling like i'm wasting my time on a show i stop watching the show if i don't enjoy a song I fucking pause the song. I don't let it finish. If uh, Same with podcasts, same with people. Um, if, if I don't care, then I don't care is, I guess, the best way to put it. And since I've done that, since I've decided that anything that I don't deem worth my time gets none of my time, oh my gosh, I wouldn't say I'm happier, but I'm, I have so much more, like, willingness to, to continue on, I guess. Because less things fucking depress me and make me angry and annoy me. Because I ha- I just accepted that most people are fucking retarded. Like George Carlin says. Um, think about how stupid the average person is in the world. Right in the middle. Boom. His name is fucking Dave. And he's, out of 8 billion people, he is the 4 billionth smartest person. Right in the middle. Think of how stupid that motherfucker is. Just retarded, right? Doesn't have any social IQ, doesn't make you laugh very often, doesn't know anything, barely graduated high school, right? And then when you think about that, remember that half of the people in the world are stupider than him. That's a George Carlin quote. And that's kind of depressing to think about, too, because god damn, if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's all there is to it. I don't want uh, the older I get to be wasting any more of my time because I'm definitely on the back nine. (laughs) 
that's a golf reference for those who don't get it. Like, I'm at least halfway over with this fucking journey, at least, given my history and my uh, family health history, probably on the back third. That that might sound morbid to some, that might sound whatever, but to me it's just, I'm not mad, I'm not sad, it is what it is. I've just been telling myself for the for the last, like, 11 years, I just have to outlive my, my son. My son, Girth, he's my number one. There have been different places I've lived. There have been different friends. There have been different family members that I've been close with and then lost touch with. There have been different girls in my life in a romantic way. They've come and gone. But one thing has stayed the same. That is my best friend. That is my little son, Girth, the best puppy in the world. I love you, buddy. That has stayed the same. That has stayed consistent. And he has been there with me and I have been there for him. That is my responsibility. After he is gone, I don't have any responsibility. Take that how you will. I am responsible for what I say, not how you interpret what I say. When he goes, it will be the saddest day of my life. He's my best friend. He's my family, you know. Because I don't have a son of my own. I don't have a daughter of my own. I'm not married. I don't have a family. That is my quote-unquote everything as far as like my family goes him and my dad everybody else I, I love them but I'm not close with them so they're they're just not in the circle it is what it is I would like to hear from them but I just don't I get it life is fast-paced after you're nine to five you're tired you got to make supper for the kids you, then you got to try and make your relationship stay together by sucking his cock or like you know watching a stupid movie that you don't want to watch with her these sacrifices that you have to make, I don't. I'm out of that. I'm not in the jungle. As I said, I've been silently viewing the rat race that most people take part in because they have to, and that I, for almost all of my life except for two years, was a part of myself. But I, I, it's more clear now than ever that it is just a shit show. It's a rat race. It's You're a rat in a maze. And that's not a personal insult. It's just, it's how this whole machine works. It just does. And I, I see it more clearly now than ever. And as I say, um, I am responsible for taking care of him. I let him out. Uh, it's certainly not near as time-consuming or, or requiring of you, demanding of you, as, as like a baby human, obviously. But when you take a puppy and you raise it, and all of a sudden it's 11 years old, and they live to be upwards of, what, 12 to 15? So he's also, you know, as sad as it is, he's also on the back nine. I just, I'm responsible for him, and I, I would never forgive myself if I allowed something to happen to him, much like you parents feel about your children. If you allowed your kid to get hit by a car because you couldn't look up off of your fucking phone, or if you allowed somebody to kidnap your kid, or, you know, whatever, you would never forgive yourself. That's your responsibility. That's your love. That's your family, right? That's how I feel about him. He's my baby boy. And after he goes, I don't have any more responsibility. And I could not, because I am his world, and... For those of you who have had a dog before, they might love the whole family, but they only have one true master. That's how dogs are. They have a pack leader. They're that way in, in the wild, too. Wolves. They have a leader. 
And without that leader, they're lost until another leader comes. Okay. But with humans, there's a bond with animals. And they choose you. You're their mom. You're their dad. You're their brother. You're their sister. You're their best friend. You are everything to them. I am reminded of a picture I once uh, once saw. It was like a cartoon drawing. And it said, here's why your pet dog always seems happy and you don't. And it showed a picture of a guy. And there was thought bubbles. And the thought bubbles above the guy were cars, video games, girls, money, technology, and all these things that this guy was, they were inferring that he wanted. Right? And then it showed a picture of his dog. And his dog was next to him. And the dog had thought bubbles. And the only thing in the dog's thought bubble was him. And the dog was happy because he was with him. The guy was wanting a bunch of shit that he couldn't have or didn't have. And just like Buddhism teaches us, teaches us as if I'm a Buddhist. I don't claim to be a Buddhist. I just know enough about it. I am adept in the way of the Buddha, right? Okay. Wanting things that you do not have is the cause and the root of all suffering. Once you are fine with what you have and only what you have and you don't crave or covet other things, you have entered nirvana. You are above this worldly materialistic bullshit and you no longer are shopping through a window of things that you can't buy, right? You're just cool with it. And I feel like they've got got that on us. We might be more intelligent. We might have opposable thumbs. We might be capable of, of more, you know, technological advancement but as far as like emotional health who's more emotionally healthy than a dog they look forward to licking their nuts taking a shit and eating treats and spending time with you and that's it and so i feel like if i i would he would die of a heartbreak of a broken heart if i died like he needs me and anybody who has ever been close with a dog where you are their only owner that's just how it is it sounds a bit dramatic but that's just how it is my great grandma had a dog, and I fucking can't remember the dog's name because she passed away many, many years ago. But she had a dog that she raised from the time it was a puppy. And the dog didn't like anybody else. It didn't want anybody else. It was her fucking dog. And when we came over, the dog would sit on her... I think the dog's name was Angel. The dog would sit on her lap, and it would not leave her lap. It it was obsessed with her, like, for lack of a better term. And when my great-grandma passed away... The dog died, like, I don't know, a few days later, like it, 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 a week later. It accepted. It was like, yeah, I, my reason for being around is no longer here. And I'm not saying that that's how I feel about my dog. I have many more reasons to live than my dog. But I'm just saying he's my only responsibility as far as children go, as far as family go. I love my family, but none of them need me. He needs me. And I need to be here for him until he doesn't need me anymore. And there have been health scares uh, with my heart, with bleeding from places I shouldn't be bleeding. And I just, the first and only thought that comes into my mind is, I just got to make it a little longer. I just got to make it a little longer. Maybe some people can't relate to that, that way of thinking, but I, I got to be here for him. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't dip out on him, you know? And I would feel the same way if it was a human boy or a human girl. I understand what parents say. You know, like, that's that's your fucking world. That's why women become extremely dangerous. Like the mama bear in the, in, in the wild, in nature. The mama bear that's protecting her cub is 
one of the last things that you ever want to run into. And even human women, they become like, you know, all, all rules are out the window if you threaten her child, you know. She'll rip your eyeballs out with her fake nails. She'll, she'll fuck you up. She'll try to. That's just how people are. Um, this, I'm not impressed by this whole machine. This whole machine that I wasn't able to see when I was busy working anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week or going to school or both. There was a time when I was going to school part-time and working. And you don't see things because you're so busy. You're so constantly busy doing things. Your head is down. You're like a dog that's sniffing the ground. They put their nose to the ground and they just start sniffing. And then all of a sudden they're following smells and looking at things and listening. And they end up in the neighbor's yard. And they're like, oh shit, better run back into my yard. That's how it is when you're part of the rat race. You cannot see what the fuck is happening because you're so preoccupied with things that mandate your time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm, I think it's good to be uh, contributing. I wish I was. I wish I was not in this. I, I'm stuck in a, a town of 500 people with four places to work. And I've applied at all of them except for one, which is uh, Brunswick or uh, whatever the fuck it's called. It used to be called Brunswick. I can't think of it. Um, Lund. There we go. That's the only place I haven't applied at because that's essentially a like a boat factory and assembly line, and I can't be sitting or standing still for a long period of time. I even I, I have an ice pack on my an ice pack on my back right now because it sucks to be sitting, and I already want to stand up, and it hurts. And I rolled over when I woke up today, and I just wanted to cry. Like it hurts so bad. It's like a pinching, burning sensation that you can't stretch away or that it won't crack and it won't feel better it's just always there fucking sucks <laughs> it drives me nuts makes me angry makes me an angry person but i have to remember that it's unfair to take your day out on somebody you can tell a really highly emotionally immature person when they take their day out on you like when someone's having a bad day and they snap at you that person is not in control of their vehicle. That person has issues, deep-rooted issues, where they are unable to separate the good from the bad. I'm sorry, I'm just having a bad day. I didn't mean to snap at you like that. Sometimes they'll catch themselves, right? But people like that, they're not good at, at managing the human mind, the human emotion. And few people are, to be honest. I'm good at it. You know what? I could have the worst day of my life and I'm still going to treat you how you deserve to be treated. If you come at me smiling and wanting to converse, maybe I'm not in the mood, but I'm still going to partake. I'm still going to give you that respect. And then there are some people who will be angry and bitchy and cunty and crabby because they didn't sleep well and just eh, short with you. Fuck those people. I know plenty of those people. I know a few people like that. I didn't sleep good. I'm not in the mood today. Well, fuck yourself. I don't sleep good all the time. I, you will never pay for that. You will never pay for me uh, being in pain. You will never pay for me being depressed or didn't sleep well. You know why? Because I'm not a dick. <laughs> you're a giant dickhead and you're immature as fuck, emotionally speaking, if you make people pay for your day. Like that guy that comes home and he's in a bad mood so he beats his wife. Fuck that guy. Like the girl that comes home and she doesn't feel loved or claims that she's not getting enough attention so she goes and cheats and blames it on the guy fuck that cunt these people are shit people and we live in a clown world and when something is good you don't sit and think about it right like I mentioned but when it's bad 
naturally you have to have this inner monologue with yourself. You have to run the information through the processor over and over until you can figure out why, because we need to know why. We have that inherent need. And even if it's just something shitty or mysterious that somebody said to you and you're not sure exactly what they meant, what you'll do is you'll, you'll run it through the processor. Put it through your brain again. This is what they said. This was their tone of voice. This was the lack of eye contact. This was the facial expression. This was the body language. You start to put it together and you try to figure out why. Why did they say that? What did they mean? What could they have possibly meant when people speak in riddles, right? Because they're afraid to or unable to be straightforward. And we do that because we need to know why things are bad. When you're in pain, you don't just go, ah, fuck it. You figure out the cause of it. If you can't diagnose it, a doctor will, and then you you fix it, right? And I don't don't want to use the word unhappy because I've never been happy. I was born with that darkness in me at a young age. It's always been, you know, there and evident. So unhappy is, is kind of redundant to say, but... Just lately, I can't help it. Every single day I wake up and I I review like, oh yeah, this is my situation. Because when you sleep, you forget. And then you wake up and you remember who you are over and over again every day. Every day is a new day, but you have to fill in the blanks. Like you wake up and you go, oh yeah, okay, I'm Ben. I, I'm 30. I'm from New York Mills. Um, my dad is Bob. My friends are Shannon and Jordan and, you know, all you guys. Caden, I'm, I'm not going to list all my names because... I'll be here forever. I got a lot of friends and acquaintances. I appreciate my good people in my life, but um, I sit there and I, some would call it overthinking. Some would call it justification, rationalization. Something is going on where I can't help it. I sit and I fucking think about everything and analyze it and figure out what, try to figure out why things are the way they are. Why does my entire family not talk to each other, including me? Where did we go wrong? Uh, Where is this going to lead? Every day I think about that, and it, it's stupid. Some people just got lucky, kind of like genetically. Some people were just born good-looking. Some people are just born healthy. Some people are born ugly. Some people are born unhealthy. Okay, well, some people are born with families that are close and loving and hospitable and make it feel like a home, and it's warm. Some people have that, and they can lean on that, and that, I feel like, gives you a strength that people who have the emptiness of a shit family, of a non-close family, that, that those people don't have. And I think you can tell pretty quickly if someone's upbringing was good or if their family situation or romantic situation is good and and if it's bad because, well, you be the judge. Hang out with people. (laughs) Doesn't take you long to realize if they're content at a minimum or happy or, or they feel loved or insecure, you know, or at least people like me who analyze every little thing and know more about you than you do. That kind of person. At least it's easy for us. Um, didn't get to even half the shit that I wanted to get to, but I'm going to wrap it up because it's been an hour. And so we'll just pick up where we left off. Um, I also have been catching myself, and here just now again, like going off on, on tangents and rants. And I won't even finish a thought because I'll get distracted by another thought because I have so much to say and so many thoughts going through my head some form of ADD maybe I don't know I've never been diagnosed with it because I'm I have a pretty clear idea of what I'm thinking about and I can articulate it well enough so that maybe that it's been covered up maybe I have some ADD I don't know oh yeah food drugs <laughs> water I'm thirsty I'm tired no it ain't that bad but 
Um, it's just been another talk, you know, chestnut checkers, blah, 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 Ben, blah, blah, blah. Nobody gives a fuck. Just, we had a, a monologue. See you next time. <laughs>